Welcome to Socially Distant, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mackin. In the past days and weeks, the term unprecedented has never been so overused. And yet, as we knuckle down into hardcore self-isolation, it's never been so appropriate. It's safe to say our lives have been turned topsy-turvy. Work from home is the new commute, social distancing the new going out. And, as many of us have been discussing, the most isolating thing the majority of us have ever experienced will ironically be one of the most collective experiences we'll ever have in our lives. My first reaction when I went into isolation was a desire to connect, and tandem to that, a craving for information. I immediately wanted to soak up recommendations from friends and loved ones about what they were watching, what they were reading, or what coping techniques they were using. Hence, the idea for Socially Distant was born. In this mini-series, each episode I'll invite a notable person to join us and explore different areas of escapism, from beauty to books, dressing up to winding down, sustainability to self-care, to provide you with what I hope is some much-needed distraction. Whether it's ways to keep boredom at bay or a simple relaxation technique so that you can steal just a moment of stillness. Consider this your respite amidst the uncharted waters of this global pandemic. I'm sure a psychologist would say that the whole reason I took on this podcast right now was to find a sense of control in a time of mass uncertainty. And they probably would be right. According to my guest on this episode, psychologist Alison Keating, one of the things that makes this time just so hard as an adult is that it really is an exercise in relinquishing all control. During this period of self-isolation, have you ever felt an impulse to act out or to rebel against the latest set of regulations? Or do you mindlessly fill to-do lists like there's no tomorrow? Or do you ever fret that now that you actually have some downtime, that you're not relaxing enough or getting enough sleep? In today's episode, Keating takes us through some simple but effective coping mechanisms. From accepting that you can't fix everything or feel better with the wave of a wand, to learning how to sit with your emotions, or breathing techniques to employ when you need to quell those anxious feelings. The most salient thing I picked up on when talking to Alison is that we all need to readjust our expectations. The yardstick with which we measure ourselves and our reality, normally, needs to change. It's not about perfection in this time, and in fact, it is as it is and it's good enough should be our new mantras for these coming weeks. Because mental hygiene is just as important as washing your hands right now. So Alison, one of the most important things we need to realise right now is that we need to stop trying to feel better. So it's really about identifying our emotions and learning how to sit with those feelings. Is that correct? And just even, um, I'll even try and make them feel better because there's there's nothing we can do to kind of help with that. I think that's part of the problem, um, you know sometimes people come in and try and be too positive or like, I think, I think with people's reactions, you know, fear and anxiety are, are completely normal reactions. Um, this is a, a, an unbelievably unique event that people are experiencing. Like, you know, normally you wouldn't be at any, at every level, you know, emotionally, physically, psychologically, um, financially, like every aspect of your life is potentially being touched for yourself and for the people who you care about most in your life. So it's, it's, it's obviously, I mean, everyone's used the word, you know, it's completely unprecedented. But it, um, so I think like even, even last week, everybody just got into gear. 
you know, brought the stuff home from work or got the kids home. Um, everyone just kind of got into place. But I think emotionally, like nearly like a, a week later after people had been, you know, not in the normal uh, routine of life, I think emotionally our brains started to catch um, and people were talking about, God, have you had your corona cry yet? Um, and it, <laughs> it kind of was starting to sink in. So rather than making people feel better, it, it sounds really counterintuitive. If you actually allow yourself feel the feelings you're having, it it is actually more, it's, it's less of a frustrated battle with yourself. So Alison, we're hearing a lot of talk about self-care at the moment, but the reality of that is that a lot of people really struggle taking time out for themselves. It's a really busy time. There's so much going on, you know, childcare, homeschooling, caring for loved ones and just coping, I guess, with everything that's going on in the world. Um, And self-care does also have a reputation for being perhaps a bit indulgent or a bit frivolous. And I'd love to speak to you about this idea of fortification instead, because we do really need to take time to nourish ourselves and build ourselves up in this moment. Yeah, I think that's a better response. Um, I mean, who really is going to have bull baths and think about the coronavirus at the moment, you know? Um, And we can't be kind of in a state of delusion. It's like we've all been kind of thrust into this um, with very little warning, really, for people. You know, everyone you know knew it was here. But when the reality hits home and everyone, it's a completely different experience. So I think what's useful is to kind of tune into your body, um, tune into what the fear is, is saying to you, tune into what the anxiety is saying to you. And there's a difference. Some people may have never experienced fear like this before. Whereas people who are kind of seasoned in, in um, you know, feeling anxiety, it's, it's a very different experience for them as well, because it's like, you know, the bath was already full where the person kind of was in that state of, you know, hyper arousal. It's like when you're looking around for the next threat. But for people who've never felt like that, it's, it was quite a shock to the system. Um, so I think, I think it's just pulling it back and I, I love what you're saying I love the concept you know using this time to be responsible um and you know it's it is interesting when you say self-care I think where our heads need to go to first is actually others care um and I think in terms of dealing with this um, when we can pull out a bit of meaning in something that is outside of our our reach or our control and have a sense of purpose that, you know, say specifically with social distancing, every single one of us is playing a part. And, you know, I'm sure everyone's heard, you know, what Simon Harris said when he was speaking to a doctor and she said, we will save hundreds of lives, but the public are going to save thousands. And that just hit home to me so much. You know, we are really doing something here to hopefully flatten the curve. We have an opportunity to play our part. Um, so, if we take one step back from that, it's not just about just minding myself, we're minding ourselves and others, community. There's a sense of connection that's happening at the moment that perhaps has been lacking for some time. What you're looking for is to recognize that the world has always been a chaotic place. There have always been things that actually threaten us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And um, at this juncture I think it's really important to put two things side by side in in level of importance and the first one is 
you know, your physical hygiene, what you can actually do and at the, at the absolute basics of washing your hands. But, in, you know, be honest, did anyone ever wash their hands, you know, singing happy birthday for twice in their head and, and scrubbing like a doctor? I don't think anybody ever really did. Um, and then to take it to the level of, you know, all the basics, the, you know, the cough um, etiquette and and how to actually keep yourself well and others but then to bring in mental hygiene and if you are immobilized by fear it isn't helpful if we go into fear mongering and read every single you know tweet that comes in you you will your poor brain will just feel completely overloaded so when anxiety turns to overwhelm and you become immobilized it, it just isn't helpful at all so that's when you have to say do you know what enough I've, I've read enough today I have to take a break and then go back bring the locus of control back to yourself and say what do I actually need to do like in terms of your self-fortification how can I strengthen and grow and my personal interest you know in from a from a professional point of view has always been and seen that people they do grow through adversity. No one wants it's really it. interesting. Yeah, you, you you don't grow through the good times um, mm-hmm. ever. And in terms of trauma, you know, it's something that and crisis will always bring about a very uncomfortable broadening of your skill set that you may never have realised you had. Do we want that? course not everybody wishes this actually wasn't here but the truth of the matter is it is so it's kind of digging down deep and kind of having a sense of clarification about who you are in your life how you have been living your life have you been enjoying it like that so much is being brought up for people where they're questioning the very way we live the very way we communicate and connect um and, and I cautiously say this, but that can only bring about a transformation that possibly will be helpful for people um, amidst the chaos. I'd wager you really will see a lot of changes um, from people after this as well. You know, big decisions being made, people getting married or having kids or, you know, quitting jobs or starting afresh. You know, I think people really will take action. Or, you know, maybe they won't. Maybe we'll all just sit around and watch Netflix, you know, which is okay as well. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. You know what? I, it's, I think it's, I'm not one for advocating distraction, but this is for your mental hygiene. Taking breaks from the kind of infodemic that we're dealing with um, is really, really important. So Netflix all the way. <laughs> I really like this idea of mental hygiene that you're discussing as an idea it's a really interesting phrase it does feel though like we have lived through a crazy number of years though in the last few years no I'd say a lot of people who suffer from anxiety would agree the last few years have been particularly turbulent you see it's interesting you have to question what kind of age group you're hanging around with and I suppose from my perspective like for people as adults there's this fallacy that we'll have it all sorted and figured out. And then we get, and each time we figure out again and again that we we don't have all the answers or we're not in control. And life throws these unbelievable curveballs always at the worst times. Um, so I think it's interesting that perhaps 
chaos. I do think chaos is always there. We are, and we have to live our lives within that illusion sometimes that the light, that the world is a more kind of, you know, safe place where you, you can count on things. But what I would see at work, so say somebody loses their job or they become ill or their marriage breaks down or they can't get pregnant, you know, so many things happen and um, it pulls the rug of certainty from underneath your feet and that's what kind of increases anxiety usually it's at a kind of a, a personal experience for yourself or within your partnership it's never been where it's a collective worldwide experience never so i'd like to talk about some really practical things to combat anxiety that could help people who are listening right now and i'll start with sleep just how many hours of sleep should we be really aiming for right now? I'll tell you what I think about this. Um, I am somewhat cautious of putting a number on it. Everybody knows the basic numbers, right? We should all be aiming for eight hours sleep, right? The holy grail. However, I think it there's so much talk about the importance of sleep, which I fully advocate. But if you're not getting that sleep, I think it adds to the stress and in in a way creates this cycle whereby you're stressing about not getting enough sleep. Um, so I would say step back from that. And if you are lying in bed and you cannot go to sleep, a couple of things, A, get up or B, turn the light on and read something um, or C, see it that you actually are resting. You're not asleep, but you are actually resting. Um, there's so many things in your life that can disturb your sleep, all the usual ones. And then at the moment, people are actually waking up with panic attacks, thinking about this. Um, so there, the level of fear is very, very high. I also think at a very practical level, get off your phone an hour before bed. Do not read anything about this before bed. And I know how incredibly difficult it is, but you're putting your brain into this state where as that it's in this kind of hyper arousal state. So you're just filled with norepinephrine, you're filled with cortisol. It's the total opposite of what you need to actually go to sleep. And um, so, like I said about mental hygiene, I think we have to have sleep hygiene and the quality of sleep you have depends on the day that you've actually experienced. Yeah. And everyone's always talking about the hour before bed, but it's what you did during the day that actually will count. And I think that's where we have to take the focus back to. It's like, well, what can I do during my day to kind of pour out some of these overwhelming feelings um, where you are trying your best to create this novel routine that might not suit you. Um, and I think sometimes it's just like a phrase I kind of live by is, it is as it is. And that doesn't mean you like it, but it gets rid of the frustration of it not being the way you want it to be. So I kind of think at the moment it's about dropping your standards and everything. <laughs> and it sounds really, really odd, but, you know, you're, you're going to try your best. And a concept that I would really, really like in, in psychology is that it's good enough. At the moment, work off the premise that it is and it, it's good enough. You know, if you're getting a list as long as your arm for your kids' homework um, school activities, but you're also trying to, and you're also trying to do this whilst homeschooling and 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 juggling, just, just try your best. But 
but be aware in terms of your mental hygiene your physical health is really important and anxiety does impact that so in terms of suppressing your immune that level of stress and i think for so many years people do strive for perfection they're always trying to hit all the kind of you know aspects of their life and that's what i look like looked at in my book you know and all the roles you sometimes you're going to just have to drop at the moment you know you're not going to be the perfect teacher parent at the moment you're not going to be the perfect employee we have to just bring everything down to what we can actually do with the aim that when you get into bed at night say i did the best i could do today let's tackle tomorrow tomorrow it's so funny because this whole period really is an exercise in learning to relinquish control isn't it something that's so hard for adults a hundred percent and human beings absolutely hate that and as i'm looking around and i fully understand how incredibly difficult it is for people to change behavior when they want to when it's forced upon you can feel quite different and what i'm noticing is that there seems to be kind of two polar groups there are people who are really taking this seriously and they're taking great responsibility for themselves for the community um, and i suppose for the world at large and then there are other people who seem to be playing with fire and psychologically i kind of question what's going on there you know like i'm sure you saw pictures of people out at the weekend like everybody's a nature lover all of a sudden um and they're you know queuing up fish and chips like 50 people long but it's interesting to me because I can see that that's the pushback, that sense of, well, this, this is not going to happen to me. I'll, I'll be. Um, so it's it's some people are seeing the situation kind of very clearly or or to the point where they are catastrophizing and some people are not seeing it at all. So it's just getting the balance right, having insight um, into how you're actually feeling and then taking practical, basic steps where just a couple of deep breaths, like just return to your breath. It sounds so basic, but when you breathe, you send a signal to your brain to calm down. If you think about, you know, stress and anxiety, and if you find yourself stressing and becoming anxious, just say to yourself, you know, I actually brought myself to this point. I'm actually pretty, pretty good at that. Um, because you practice and you actually have great faith in your ability to get and become stressed. When you breathe, and it's, it's a very specific type of breath. It's a four by four breath. You send very clear neurological, you know, message to your brain that chemically changes how your body actually feels. And it's so simple. You don't need anything. That's when I'm lo- looking for tips today. It's like, bring it back to base. It is as it is. Four by four breathing. You know, thinking about your mental hygiene, the same as you would brushing your teeth. You know, you brush your teeth every day twice a day you don't question it so you have to take some level sorry no go on so you just have responsibility but it's compassionate it's really compassionate to completely abnormal situation um and as you're saying with the fortification i love that um you know one of the main area of interest i have is in positive psychology and Contrary to the name, it's it's completely evidence based in, in terms of this, you know, growth through adversity, uh, living through distress, full catastrophe living. That's life. That's that's life as it actually is. But I think 
we can derive such a great sense of meaning that we are collectively trying to work towards a common goal and there's a connection in that that we've never experienced as as a as an entire world and you know all working together it's quite extraordinary if you stop and think about it and can you explain Alison just a little bit more about four by four breathing for those who are interested yeah and, and what's beautiful about it it's just you breathe in for four you hold for four and you breathe out for four what I would say to people is um, when you practice it for the first time, put your hand on your chest and then put your hand on your stomach. Um, and as you breathe in for four, what you'll find is it's it's quite difficult to get down into your stomach because we're, we're nearly used to breathing just into our chest. Then breathe all the way down into the end of your lungs, then hold for four. And then as you breathe out, imagine you're blowing out a candle on a breath. And that's the important part. So you blow all the air out of your And you'll be quite surprised it's it's kind of um, because we're so used to kind of this shallow breathing that we do in our chest that then triggers, you know, the chemicals and the signals to your brain that it's time to panic. So it's just a beautiful button that you can press to send signals to your kind of rest and digest system to kind of calm everything down. It's really effective. And then to turn to more practical tips, Alison, are there any exercises that would help with concentration and focus? I'd say there are a lot of people working from home right now who would welcome those. First off, I think I think people for the last few days found it impossible to concentrate. Um, they kind of felt a bit scattered all over the place. And again, just to kind of give yourself the space to recognise that not only is this a normal reaction, it's a very kind of intuitive evolutionary response because literally your brain has been alerted that there is a threat, that you have to pay attention. So therefore, you're ignoring what seems like, you know, not saying that work seems irrelevant, but it seems irrelevant in the bigger scheme of things. As things become our new novel normal, um, just, I would say, work in really short increments of time. Um like even you can get those timers uh, for 25 minutes. I would work in short bursts of period. I would make a list of, you know, a few things that you really want to get through in the day and then know what times work for you. Are you a morning person or do you need to do your emails first? Just kind of connect back in with what works for you. You know yourself best. Um, but I would work in kind of uh, short, intense periods and then take a break. And then when it comes to free online resources for combating stress, are there many that you would recommend? Um, there's, there's so many, absolutely. I mean, you know, start from the top. If you go to the World Health Organization, if you go to the HSC, um, you know, do, do find people that they're, 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 they're the most kind of straightforward people that you can go to. But then, you know, any information you're getting, I would recommend that you're sure that the person you know has the right expertise and um, because yes there is fear-mongering going on and um, I don't even know where to start with that because there are so many one, one thing I would suggest um selfcompassion.org um is a lovely website by Tara Brack so a lot of her work is compassion focused therapy which I would use a lot she has seven different meditations um they are really really lovely and like some of them are like noting your emotions. So if you're feeling these emotions, but you don't actually know specifically what it is that you're feeling, it can help you kind of pinpoint the feelings that you're actually having. 
or you can do a loving kindness meditation. Um, it's a really lovely thing to do to kind of bring back. Um, and, and all this work is kind of very much about acceptance of the situation as it is. It's not trying to make you feel better, but inherently you do feel better when you've actually connected to, you know, back to yourself rather than kind of racing ahead and kind of, you know, catastrophizing what's actually what you think is going to happen. So that that's a useful kind of there's seven meditations in that. And then there's lots of exercises that you can do as well. Um, I, I definitely would recommend that. Yeah. So I would like to talk about some positives while we're here. Um, So when it comes to distraction, can we run through some healthy things to do with our free time at this moment? And I don't just mean making overwhelming to-do lists, you know, for tasks and jobs in the house or cleaning out cupboards or anything like that. Things that really would be good for us. At a a kind of a productive level, if if that's okay, I I would suggest making a list of things you've actually wanted to do for ages. Not just cleaning out the cupboards and and stuff that you've been procrastinating over for a reason. But a list of things, even dig out your New Year's resolution that you might find you have the same stupid things written down every single time. Is there something, a specific skill that you actually would like to learn right now? Um, is there something that you really enjoy, a hobby? You know, do you actually enjoy gardening or do you want to actually paint? Um, is there a language that you've been really dying to learn? Or is there a book that you've been looking at for the months that you just haven't had the time to pick up? It's not just about getting through tasks at the moment. Um, again, it's like kind of in terms of what I'm saying about how to live, live our lives. It's that rest and activity, the balance between the two. So it's like Netflix and then go. I just think we are in such a very lucky situation, though, that we have, um, you know, when you say about kind of you know uh specific techniques which kind of help you with stress literally everything's at our finger from amazing recipes to making beautiful food to different exercise that you can do um there is so much wonderful resources that we can actually access from home the question is what do you actually want to do and then make a small list not an overwhelming list make a small list and then You know, it could feel, as you say, with this kind of fortification that you are growing, even though this is a very difficult time. I very much relate to the overtasking side of things. I have to say I spent the week working from home. And then when it came to the weekend, I spent the majority of the time ransacking my wardrobes to bits and clearing the whole thing out, which was a huge job. So it's very apt that you are pointing out that this is not just a time to clear a a list of to do things. It's not about lists upon lists um, of things that you just want to get done around the house. Um, the weird thing about tidying is it, you can control it. So it's it's like you can put order in that drawer. Um, and when life is completely out of control, sitting and relaxing doesn't feel natural at all. Um, you are better off going for that walk if you can. But it makes perfect sense that you went home and thought, I just need to do something that feels like, you know, that task is finished and there's a completion with it. Whereas with uncertainty, it's, that there's no end date with it that brings the fear. That's what the uncertainty is about. That's what brings up the fear for us. So getting to that drawer feels really satisfying. (laughs) You touched upon earlier that um, there are people grappling with this period of anxiety who already may have a high baseline of anxiety as it is, which naturally would be going into overdrive, as you mentioned. What would your advice be for them? Well, 
you ask yourself, is this thought helpful or unhelpful? So these are basic CBT strategies. So cognitive behavioral therapy, where you recognize how your thoughts are impacting your behavior. Um, all the things I'll say, you'll say, oh my God, that makes, that's just basic common sense. But when you apply it again and again and again, um, what you're trying to do is to engage, you know, your logical thinking brain when it's in the emotional reaction, you know, your amygdala and your brain is just firing off, you know, you're 20 steps ahead. Anxiety is always future-based, um, but it's very difficult for people to feel reassured when the present is also very scary. So I think it's bringing it back to basics, bringing it back to the breath, um, making yourself, you know, become more mindful throughout your um, because I'm sure everybody before this found that you could fly to a week and, and you know it, it was a bit of because everybody is so busy so just bringing your mind back to say go for a walk feel your feet on the ground look up at the sky and um, a lot of the stuff that I would recommend sometimes is is kind of nature-based because it does bring in a sense I mean it has been unusually nice the last couple of days hasn't it um, you know we've had amazing sunsets like incredible like you've never seen before so sometimes I think just pausing for a moment um and just asking is this thought making me feel or is it making me feel worse then I would rate it at a 10 so rate your anxiety at a 10 and if it, you're saying like I'm at 10 then ask yourself what one thing can I do right now to bring it down to nine and what you will need to do is to write a list write a list of of activities that soothe you that calm you um, and something I would use is I would do it through the five senses so if you write out you know sight sound taste texture um, touch and then right beside it things that you can actually do that you know and, and often activities that kind of engage you such as baking <laughs> you know they really kind of encompass a very you know central experience but you have to actually be in the moment whereas anxiety is very thought process so if you're, you're if you're just sitting and thinking it can go into ruminating where you just get stuck on the problem and um, so in that moment an activity that kind of absorbs your attention is very useful and helpful that's great Alison and lastly if there was one tip or just one idea that we could land upon to finish on you know that might be just a positive thing for us all to take away in this moment what would it be I would say look to the helpers I would say there really are heroes out there putting their lives at risk to help each and every single one of us. And we are all playing a part in that. So I would love if people could derive a sense of great meaning in that, that, that you will look back on in your older years and think, my God, we really played our part in this. We played a huge part in it. And do you know what? My life changed completely. How I lived my life changed. I wasn't very happy with how my life was. A lot of people are saying, you know, I just was run ragged. Um, people were overwhelmed before this. And it's calling how we have been living into question. So there's a cocooning in that that I think can only be a, a good thing in terms of how we go forward from when it's over, hopefully soon.
Alison Keating's self-help book titled The Secret Lives of Adults is out now. If you think your mental health may be suffering during this time, help is available. You can contact the Samaritans on 116 123 or text 087 260 9090. You can follow me on Instagram at Sarah. and if you liked what you heard today, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.